We praise and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Upon his family, his companions and all those that follow the right path until the day of resurrection. Still in the manduma of Abi Ishaq al-Irbiri on the importance of seeking knowledge, especially Islamic knowledge. Last time we uh, looked at the last bait, which was just before the one you read, Sheikh Sulaiman. Um, he, he changed, in this case, um, the way he presented his manduma. In the first place, he started with advice from the very beginning of the poem. He is advising this man about talabul ilm and the importance of obeying Allah and living a righteous life. He's been advising him all this while. Then he reaches a point where he realizes, you know, sometimes you could be advising someone, yet you need the advice much more than the person you are advising. And you will see that Abi Ishaq al-Ilbiri, from his presentation of the matan, just from the very beginning, is a man who does not think highly of himself. He doesn't think he is better than the other people. He doesn't think he is a righteous man. He wants to dispense advice, but at the same time he realizes he also has his own mistakes. You remember that he says in his abiyat, and we're going to cover that bit very soon, he says, Aba Bakrin, or Abu Bakr, You've mentioned some of my mistakes, but the majority of my mistakes you have not mentioned because you don't know them. I know my own mistakes much better than everyone else. What he's trying to say is I'm dispensing advice, of course, but I'm not better than the person I'm trying to advise. So in dispensing the advice, he reaches a point where he says, You say to me, you the man that I'm advising, Ya nasuhi, O ye that is giving me advice, you are much more deserving of the advice than I am. Because Abu Ishaq al-Ilbiri is an elderly man and the person he is advising is a younger man. So if anyone needs to live a righteous life and obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, definitely an older man needs that much more than a younger man. So he says to him, you say to me, وَفِي صِغَرِي in my youth, تُخَوِّفُنِي الْمَنَايَ You are telling me about death. I'm a young man and you keep telling me about death coming to me, but you've forgotten that you are an old man and you need that advice much more than a younger man. For an elderly man, everyone knows, you know, when you reach the ages of 50, 60, sometimes even 40, you know, where you came from is much further than where you're going. At that age, it means you've lived more than half your life. Sometimes you've lived two-thirds of your life. So if you're giving me advice, Abu Ishaq al-Ilbiri, and you are an elderly man, I ask you the question, who needs the advice more? I'm just at the beginning of my life. Maybe I've lived a third of my life, but you've lived more than two-thirds of your life. So, in my youth, 
tukhawifuni almanaya you are threatening me with death you're scaring me with death saying death is going to come to me what about you as an elderly man and this is something everyone is supposed to think about especially this time those who are still young you think of yourself in the future when you sit down to try and advise your children to tell them about ilm why it is important that they should learn quran why it is important that they should obey allah you have this time and you've not done what you are preparing to tell them in the future to do if you don't learn quran now how will you sit down in the future and say to your son go and learn quran this is the response he's going to give you you are an elderly man you had the opportunity to learn the quran you didn't learn the quran why do you want me to learn quran and in that way the majority of us have failed to advise our children because a person is supposed to lead by example if i say to my child go to madrasa go and learn quran go and get educated he's supposed to see some quran in me he's supposed to see some education in me but if he doesn't see quran in me he doesn't see education in me he doesn't see proper islam in me how will i give that advice so to those who are still young if you're in your 20s you're in your 30s the time is now because you have children now and the children are going to grow up they'll be in their uh, uh teens maybe in their 20s and you need one day to sit down with them and say my son quran is very important you must go to the madrasa and learn and he'll say father but you can't read the quran you'll say to him uh, uh fear allah death is going to come to you and so on he will say to you afi sughari tukhawfni almanaya in my youth you are talking about my death what about you you've lived more than two thirds of your life advice is difficult to dispense isn't it because every time you give advice people will be looking at you they will be saying but look who's who's talking if you have no knowledge you don't dare start advising people about about knowledge you have to keep quiet about it if you don't fear allah you can't advise people about taqwa allah because they'll be looking at you and thinking but what about you na'am wa kuntu ma'as wa kunta wa kunta ma'asiba ahda sabilan fama laka ba'da shaybika qad ukista na'am kunta ma'asiba when you were younger o abu ishaq He's now telling Abu Bakr to say this to him you say to me Abu Bakr because Abu Ishaq is now an elderly man kunta ma asiba ahda sabila when you were younger you were a better person but after growing up i see you've lacked a little bit you're not as good as you used to be when you were young and you know sometimes that does happen when you're young you're strong and active and it's easy for you to uh wake up very early or stay up late and study and read and do all sorts of ibadat but as you grow older you know the body the mind wants to do it but the body uh, sometimes simply doesn't doesn't permit 
You find yourself sometimes with the mushaf in your hands and you've fallen asleep without, without realizing how that happened. Your mind is really willing, but the body uh, simply cannot support you. For those who are still young, the time is now. The time is now while you have a lot of energy. You know, young people can sit two, three hours reading and studying and that doesn't harm them, but it's difficult. It becomes more difficult when you grow older. Those things become more difficult. So you say to me, Abu Bakr, when you were younger, I think you were a better man. But you grow older, instead of becoming even better, I see you becoming worse. And everyone should say that to themselves. You know, compare your past life to what you are today. You say, I think I was better yesterday than I am today. And that does happen. You think to yourself, uh, a long time ago, I mean, I would be, I would be up by 3 o'clock. And I would have no problem. But nowadays, you know, it becomes, it becomes a bit more difficult. You're supposed to be concentrating on that. So, uh, Abu Ishaq, instead of talking about me, can you talk about yourself? Abu Ishaq is telling Abu Bakr to say that. Instead of analyzing me, analyzing my life, telling me about what I'm doing, what I'm not doing, can you, can you talk about yourself? Before you go to bed, think about the things that you haven't done right that particular day. You're supposed to be your own critic, your greatest critic. Today, I didn't pray nafira at, at Dhuhr. I arrived when the iqama was already made. I need to do better tomorrow. Today, I went late, and I found the imam in the second raka. I, I need to do better. This, this is not good enough. If you think about your taqsir, the things you're not doing properly, you have too many of them to start thinking about other people. If my missing the nafila bothers me, and arriving in the second raka bothers me, I don't think I have time to worry about Sheikh Sulaiman's uh, 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 missing the, the first raka. I mean, my own, my own missing of the first raka is enough to keep me busy. But you find a person who has issues of his own, issues he has to correct, busy checking out who, who prayed and who didn't, who came and who didn't. And, but what, are, what about yourself? Have you perfected everything? Is everything all right with you? You're doing everything that Allah wants you to do. All of us are full of taqseer. Naam. Naam. Abu Bakr, you tell me again. Say to me, you are an elderly man. You've swum in the sea of evil until you drowned in that sea. You know, to drown, to drown is to like die in, in water. For you, Abu Ishaq, you've swum in the sea of evil. You know, when a person is 60, 70 years old, what, what they've been through is, is a lot. They've swum in the sea of, of evil until they drowned in that, in that sea. So I'm only a young man. I've not seen much evil. Then you sit there on a high horse and start judging me. You start talking about how bad I am, the things I don't do, and so on. But you, if we were to rewind your life, 
and see the evil that you've swum in, you'd be ashamed of yourself. You should be worried about that instead of worrying about me. And that is true. Before we start condemning the young men, left, right, and center, we think of ourselves. This young man is uh, 20, 21 years old. Obviously, he's supposed to be doing the right thing. He needs advice. But before you do it, you ask yourself, think of yourself at 20. You think of yourself at, at 21. You find, subhanAllah, maybe this, this young man is, is much better than, than I was. But because, you know, we are sanctimonious, we, we think we're very, very righteous, our children to us look very evil and very, very bad. When you see your son, for example, with a funny haircut, obviously he needs, he needs advice, that's, uh, that's not a good thing. But then, when you think about yourself at the, at the same age, it, it was worse than that. So you swam in the sea of evil. For me, I've not swam in any evil. If Yawmul Qiyamah came today, this one is 20, he hasn't seen much. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala started the judgment, you would be in trouble. You would be in trouble. If I stood side by side with my son, my, my son is only uh, uh, 16 years old. He's turning 16. If, if I stood side by side with him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala judged us on the day of judgment, who, who's likely to be in trouble? My son hasn't seen anything. He's not seen the world. He's not swum in the sea of evil that I've swum in. And then I start taking him to task over, over a haircut. After swimming in all those seas of evil and doing all the bad things, I look at him and I think he's evil and I'm the righteous one. Abu Ishaq says, Abu Bakr, you remind me of that and tell me I should be worried about that instead of advising other people, looking down upon other people. Naam. <laughs> Humayya is a drinking cup. Umma Dafrin is Kinaya. Kinaya means euphemism. You, you mention uh, something by a different name in order to give it a bit of respect. That's called Kinaya in, in Arabic. For example, instead of saying, and he committed zina with her, for example, we say, and he lay with her. Or we say he, he, he walks with her. That's a kinaya of zina, isn't it? So, umma dafrin is khamr, uh, alcohol. He says, for me, I've never drunk from the cup of umma dafrin, which is alcohol. As for you, sharibt, you've drunk hatta sakirta. Until, until you became drunk. The alcohol here is also kinaya. It's also a euphemism. It's not actual alcohol. It's the world. You know, the world is like beer. It's like alcohol, the, the world. You drink some of the world, and you get drunk and stop thinking properly. You know that? Give a man 
a little bit of money, he becomes drunk. He didn't, he didn't drink anything. He didn't take any alcohol. He's, he's drunk on the cash. He stops thinking. When, when the money disappears, he sobers up. He starts thinking, why, why didn't I do this with that, with that money? Um, why didn't I buy a farm with, with that money? Uh, why didn't I invest that money? You start thinking, was he drunk? Why, why wasn't he thinking the way he's thinking now? Was he drunk? And just, just like alcohol, um, different people get uh, drunk on different quantities. Not so. Some people can take uh, 10 bottles and they're still sober. Uh, some people take two, three bottles and they're gone. Right? Money is also like that. For some people, just, just 5,000 kwacha. 5,000 kwacha, you won't see them for three days. A am I lying? That does happen. For some people, just give them 5,000 kwacha and he would disappear for three days, go and do foolish things and come back. You look at him, subhanAllah. What, what happened to you? He, he was drunk. He didn't actually drink alcohol, but the money got to his head. And he comes back after sobering up when the money is gone. For some people, it will take much more than that. But everyone has, has somewhere where he begins to feel dizzy. Not so. Yeah, for some people, $10,000 doesn't do anything to them. But give them 100 maybe they will be dizzy. All right? They get drunk and suddenly they don't know where the masjid is. They don't know how to find the mosque. You know, when you have money, the mosque is difficult to find. It's, it's quite difficult to, to find the mosque where, when you have money. Or to, to sit in the masjid and listen to someone talking for 20 minutes. It's, it's really difficult. So, Ya Abu Bakr, or Abu Bakr, say to me, to Abu Ishaq, Abu Ishaq, you've drunk a lot of the Ummah Dafr. You drank a lot of the world. You've seen the world. You've done things in the world. Until you became drunk. As for me, I'm a young man. I, I haven't seen the world yet. I haven't drunk much of the world. So who, who needs advice? Who, who needs advice? You or me? The old man needs advice. Because for him, he's done so much evil. And there's so, so much he needs to account for. The surprising thing is we forget all these things when we, when we condemn the young people. We forget that their life is only beginning and ours, subhanAllah, is full of evil. Every elderly man thinks he's, he's very righteous and the younger men are evil. I'm not saying they should not be advised. They should be advised, but as you advise them, Remind yourself that you're worse than them. Because of what you've been through, what you have seen, the sea of evil you've swam in, the alcohol you've drunk, hatta sakirta, until you became drunk. Now. For me, I didn't, I didn't sit in the valley of darkness. You sat... In the valley of darkness until you got lost. 
You know the valley of darkness? Refer to the hadith of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Al-dhulmu dhulumatu yawm al-qiyama. Dhulm, injustice, is darkness on the day of judgment. Any form of injustice is darkness on the day of judgment. So Abu Ishaq, at your age, 70, maybe 80, how much injustice have you done to people? How much money have you taken that doesn't belong to you? How many people did you backbite? How many people did you speak evil of? How much namima, rumor mongering have you done in your 70 years and 80 years? It's like you were living in a valley of darkness. A valley of dhulm, injustice, which is dhulumat, darkness on the day of judgment. So you lived in the valley of darkness. I, I've barely lived in it. In your 60 years, you've done a lot of injustice. You've put in your mouth money that doesn't belong to you, which is injustice, any form of injustice. Giba, backbiting is injustice. It's darkness. Rumamongering is injustice. It's darkness. So who needs advice? You see, Abu Ishaq al-Ilbiri, after taking the young man to task, he turns the tables around and begins to take himself to task. In the beginning, he gave advice, very good advice to the young man, but then he thinks to himself, no, enough is enough. He says, enough is enough? What about me? I need the advice too. And besides, I'm an old man, I need it much more than this younger man does. Now. Now. Um, when you look at our situation today, our children and the kind of life they live, the places in which they find themselves, you can barely point at anyone and say, this one is a scholar. They live among people who are juhal, ignorant people. They, they don't even have scholars surrounding them. But alhamdulillah, they do try their level best. They pick up their book, go to the madrasa, take advantage of whatever imam is there and learn. But your life was, was different from theirs. The majority of the elderly people today grew up in villages surrounded by scholars, by ulama. You grew up in an area where you were surrounded by the ulama. But where is your ilm? You're busy condemning me. I, I live in the city. No alim. I'm not surrounded by ulama. As for you, you grew up in a village surrounded by scholars. People used to sit in the masjid every day. There's a masjid here, a masjid uh, uh, just behind your house, another masjid in front of your house. So many masjids surrounding you. Am I, am I lying? This is the truth. Today, someone probably has to, to, to walk miles in order to find a masjid. Now, you that grew up in an era surrounded by masajid and surrounded by scholars, where is your ilm? Abu Ishaq is condemning himself. He says, you know what? I've been too hard on you. 
you're a young man. There are not too many ulama at the moment. I'm condemning you for not having the ilm, but look at me. I'm an elderly man. I lived among the ulama in Medina. He lived in Medina. Beside the Prophet's mosque, Masjid al-Nabawi, where people are busy learning ilm. He says, but what have I benefited? Don't, don't be mistaken. Abu Ishaq al-Ilbidi is a scholar. He is simply being modest. You understand? Don't you ever think he doesn't know. He is very knowledgeable, but he's simply being modest. I lived with the scholars, but I got nothing from them. But in reality, wallahi, he got a lot from them. Because if he didn't get anything from the scholars, he wouldn't be writing what he's writing. His advice shows that he's an alim, a true, true scholar, but a humble man. So now, what can we tell our children? If your child innocently says, uh, but daddy, uh, where you grew up, where there are some mosques? Yes, yes. Uh, daddy, did you, also, did you also have ulama, scholars? Yes. Like, how many? Uh, many. Uh, but daddy, how come you don't, you don't know Quran? We'll discuss that later. And so, Now, then he said, Nam, that has been explained. Rather, Abu Bakr, you tell me also, tell me this as well. Uh, did you ever have a difference with, with someone? You know, you quarrel with someone and then you start telling them what to tell you. Have you, have you ever seen a quarrel like that? Where you, you, you have a difference with someone, you tell them some things, and then you also start teaching them what, what to tell you. You say, you also, you also tell me this, and you tell me this. Is, uh, is that possible? Only a person with patience would do such a thing. Because if someone insults you, someone writes something evil about you, something bad, when, when you write, it, it would have to be something to really finish them. Not so. But no, not Abu Ishaq. He writes, dispatches advice in a proper manner. Then he reaches a point where he says, but wait a minute. I, I also have my, my own problems. You know that? For example, one, two, three, four, five. You tell me those also. That's too gentle, isn't it? So he says, You tell me also, the book has called you. Which book? The Quran. The Quran has been calling you, Abu Ishaq. You didn't answer. SubhanAllah, the Quran called us. Yeah, the Quran calls us every day. What does Allah say? وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا أَيُّهَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ that's to us, right? Tubu ilallah. Make tawbah, all of you. Tubu ilallah. It's a command from Allah. You repent, all of you. Repent. It's wajib. 
How many answered that? How many responded? How many repented? So you tell me I'm an elderly man. I've grown old. I'm 60, 70, maybe 80. And the book has been calling me every day. Tub, repent. And here I am, still committing mistakes. So I, I need advice much more than you. Al-Mashibu is gray hair. Al-Mashibu is gray hair. The scholars say concerning Qawluhu Ta'ala, And the warner came to you. They said the warner is the gray hair. When it appears, it's a warning. It says, you are now close to departing this world. A tabi'i, uh, I think maybe a Sahabi tabi'i, I can't remember his name, um, says, this gray hair is a sickness, a sickness of death. Because once, once you get sick, you know, this is an illness. Once you get sick of this, you never recover. Have you ever seen anyone grow it and then recover? You can't recover. Once this has appeared, it means, sir, the, the grave is, is closed. It's, it's now waiting. Some might be thinking, well, uh, maybe I'm young and it came early. Yeah, it came early because it means that's, that's how quickly your body is accelerating. It means you've aged quickly. The body doesn't wait for your years. If the body is advancing, the years don't matter. All right? You're as old as you look. It's, it's not about your years. If your body has accelerated and you lose your energy and so on, what is the next thing? Death. No one is going to say, no, but this one, this one is still young. The, the body has just, no, there's nothing like that. So this is a disease. This is an illness. A preparation for the grave. So if a person sees this and it doesn't teach him anything and he doesn't understand this to be a warner, the gray beard, then he's in great loss. The warner came to you. Uh, please let, 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 let no one think, well, uh, for me at least, uh, it, it, didn't, it didn't come so my, 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 my death is, is far away. It's just one of the warnings, all right? You can't say, no, the sheikh said when you have a white beard, it means you will die soon. For those of us with, with a black beard, it means we're still around. That's, that's not the meaning. It's simply a warning. It shows you're now sick and you'll never recover from, from this illness. Although sometimes we want to pretend to recover, uh, to die, it becomes, becomes black. Which is, which is haram. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam forbade that. He forbade that an elderly man who has a white beard should color it so that it becomes black in order for him to look like a younger man. That's not allowed. If you're going to dye it, dye it a color that allows us to know you are an elderly man. Such as uh, uh, ginger. Ginger color, at least we, we know uh, he's, he's an elderly man. Alright, so if coloring the beard is haram, what about uh, uh, plastic surgery? Uh, 
where the face, nasallallahu al-afiyah, gets all wrinkled up and then someone goes to stretch it and so on. But the problem is, it doesn't add to your years. Death comes and it doesn't matter whether you did your plastic surgery yesterday or the day before, it just, just overtakes you, nasallallahu al-afiyah. So, nahnahaka al-mashibu. The uh, beard has warned you, the white hair has warned you, but you haven't paid attention. So who needs advice? Who, who needs advice? You know, after listening to these words here, you start feeling shy to stand in front of your son and take him to task. You start feeling shy. You'll be ashamed of yourself. You'll be thinking, subhanAllah, this is a young man. He's only 15, 16 years old. He hasn't seen the world. He hasn't done anything wrong. And then I treat him as if he's the greatest criminal in the world when I'm the criminal. I've seen too much. I've done too much. Shouldn't I be concentrating more on myself? If I concentrate on myself and rectify myself, my son is going to follow my example. I don't need to talk too much. Nowadays, we concentrate more on talking, shouting, condemning. We condemn everyone except, except ourselves. Eh? No, the only righteous person in the world is, is ourselves. You know, mankind, mankind is funny. Mankind is the only one who is right. Everyone else, if you differ, everyone else is wrong. He is always right. You know that even those people in, in prison, those who've been given life imprisonment for murder, uh, uh, think the people who put them there are very bad people? Yeah. They're convinced whoever put them in prison is a very bad man. As for them, they're good people. They're good people. I, I killed him. He, he's the one who provoked me and then I, I knifed him. How, how am I wrong? And then this, if you ask all of them, they're innocent. Everyone in prison is innocent. You, you think there is anyone who's guilty in prison? Anyone who's been to prison and spoken to, to the prisoners there, have you ever found anyone who's guilty in there? All of them are innocent. You understand? And mankind is like that. We're all innocent and we're all right except, uh, I mean, everyone is wrong except ourselves. My son is wrong, my wife is wrong, my mother is wrong, my father is wrong, my whole family is wrong, I'm the only one who is right. My wife is a bad person, my children are bad. You start thinking, the whole group of people is bad and you're the only one who's, who's right. Can we sometimes sit down and think, well, I think, uh, I think I'm the one who's wrong here, my wife is right, my children are right. I think we can pause here for today. We'll continue this uh, uh, next week by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our next mahadara is on Saturday, insha'Allah, in ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه فهو أهل التقوى وأهل المغفرة سبحان الله بحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك ونشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين